The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Paula Lentz, earned her Bachelor of Arts degree from Sam Houston State University, and her career of more than 40 years includes work as a high school English teacher, partnership in a woman-owned business, a national manage, uh, manager for a worldwide engineering firm, and executive director in a major Houston Association. With the sudden and shocking death of her brother Don in 1983, Paula experienced a direct contact in infinity with her brother's spirit through an out-of-body experience. Moreover, strange events connected with that initial contact have continued through her life. About that event, Paula has written a book titled Driving into Infinity, Living with My Brother's Spirit. Paula, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you so much, Lee. I'm really happy to be here today. Oh, I'm glad to have you here. Um, perhaps we could begin with uh, a prophetic dream you had about uh, uh, preceding Donnie's death. Yes. In the fall of 1982, I began having this dream that recurred for the next year. And I had never had any precognitive dreams I didn't understand why I continued to have this dream over and over again, um, whereby I was in a setting of being with this huge crowd of people uh, on the hillside, and someone asked me what was going on, and I said, well, I've, I heard it was the end of the world. And then at that moment in the sky appeared Jesus, and as soon as that happened, I just doubled over, almost down to the ground, just in agony, not physical agony, but uh, just like agony in my heart. And then the dream would end. Um, again, I had no idea what this meant. Uh, but going to uh, the day of that I found out about his death, that was Friday, October the 7th, in 1983, uh, it was then that I understood that this dream was trying to show me about the setting, the type of setting I was going to be in, and my emotional reaction that I was going to experience from getting this news about my brother's death. And um, so after that, I was thinking about his death, the way this all came about. Uh, he was actually driving a company truck the morning that he was killed, and it ended up being um, a truck train accident. And uh, we were just completely destroyed upon hearing this news and we just couldn't understand what happened. Um, you know, our understanding is he came around a curve. He was on his way to a project in another town. And uh, at the, the edge of the pavement where this 
railroad crossing was. There were no arms, railroad arms, but there were flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, you can understand our consternation about how could this have happened. So not only was it, you know, a sudden accident, but there were all these questions about how could this happen? Um, after was, that, I was going to say this was a route he, he normally drove, but at a much earlier time of day, wasn't it? Yes, normally he was on the road to this project site uh, around 6 in the morning. And uh, he actually had resigned from uh, this job. He was going into a, a new area in his life, and he just... He had taken that day off. He had one more week to work, but he decided at the last minute he was going out to the job site to help the new construction superintendent. And so as such, he didn't leave until later that morning. Uh, so he was on the road at the time of the accident. It was about nine o'clock. So it was just as though, you know, at the last minute he decided he needed to go out there. Uh, to be with the superintendent. Mm-hmm. So thereafter, of course, we had um, the funeral and uh, all of that detail is in my book. Uh, but I'll go on to three days after his funeral. Um, mm-hmm. I, I stayed in our hometown to help my parents uh, follow up with things after that. And uh, on that day, I had decided to drive to my grandparents' house out in the country, which is about a 10 to 15 minute drive from my hometown. And I was actually driving his personal truck because, as I said, he was killed in uh, the company's truck. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving along, I Um, as I said, I was going to see my grandparents. I was taking some flowers from the funeral. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I began to see 360 degrees around me as I'm driving. And I had no idea what was happening to me. Um, But within just, you know, a couple of seconds of that happening... I saw to the right of my uh, my right shoulder, I saw my brother there with his hand on my shoulder. Now, he looked like uh, a pattern of light, and I talk about how it reminded me of Star Trek when they were beaming people away. It was just, you know, light, but I could still see who he was. And he began speaking to me telepathically. And he said, I don't want you to be sad. I'm really happy. And I want you to know what it's like for me. And at that point, I was no longer in my body, no longer aware of driving the truck at all. And I realized that I 
was out of my body and that I was consciousness only. Um, once I was in that state, I continued to uh, know that my brother was right there with me uh, in, in the same location. And it wasn't so much about what I saw, but rather what I felt and came to know through this experience. Uh, the only thing I really uh, saw um, resembled like outlines or almost like a negative of a photo, but that didn't last very long. Mainly what began to happen is I began to experience the sense of infinity uh, that, you know, it was just never ending. Um, and then I began to feel this overpowering sense of love from... I'll say an energy that was just indescribable, uh, the, the love that surrounded me. And I also felt that I was one with everything in infinity. I came to understand that everything in the universe, um, that we are all one, we're all connected, that there, there's no separation, that the only reason there's separation or a sense of separation is because of our ego and being in the physical life. But I knew that everything is one. And the other sensation I had was that I knew everything, that all mm. knowledge. And I also experienced, in fact, the Bible verse, uh, the peace that passes understanding came to my mind because I also experienced this huge peace. And then I realized that not only was I experiencing these things, but I was all of these things. I was peace. I was all knowledge. I was love. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I don't really care anything about going back to my body. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to stay here. Uh, this is home for me. I you know there was there was no sense of fear or anything like that. But as soon as I began to think about that, how I wanted to stay, um, I began uh, feeling this sense of wishing away just rapidly whooshing away. Again, my brother is with me this whole time. And as I began to feel that I was moving away uh, rapidly, he, I'll say he pushed down on my shoulder, even though I was um, pure consciousness. That was just the sensation that I seemed to have. But he said to me telepathically, 
no, you can't go yet. It's not your time. Mm -hmm. And with that, I experience a sensation of very rapidly um, coming back into my body. And it was like a the sensation of that happening was uh, I saw myself as I was coming back into my body and it felt like I just landed like with a thud, a thud or something like that. And I, I realized at that point when I was back in my body that during this time, which probably was about four or five minutes, uh, during this time I had actually made a turn onto the road that took me directly to my grandparents. Um, to this day, I have absolutely no recollection of driving or making that turn or anything. Um, and as I continued driving, I felt really warm. My face felt really warm. I had the sense of being happy. I knew that my brother lived on and was around us, could see us. And I just felt so happy. Um, and I, I could see how those who pass on, they see us in our grief. And they don't want us to be sad about them having moved on. Uh, but, of course, for us, it's a natural reaction, of course. Um, but I, I could see from his viewpoint then how how they view all of us grieving. So when I arrived at my grandparents' house, I didn't tell them anything about what had just happened. But I tried to say to them, you know, I know Donnie is okay uh, I know he's happy, but I could see they were just so deep in grief uh, that it was almost as though I never really said that to them. Mm -hmm. And again, that just kind of brought it home to me even more how um, how those who have passed on, you know, they're trying to convey to us they're okay. Uh, it's the same same kind of process there. Um. You know, when I when I uh, first read this, uh, that you were four minutes out of your body while you were driving the truck, it reminded me of those little bumper stickers you see sometimes where people say, in case of the rapture, <laughs> this, this vehicle will be out of control. <laughs> Clearly, your consciousness and your mind were both operating on different levels, or maybe I should say your brain <laughs> because uh, you were able to do, I mean, that's a, that's a complex attention-grabbing thing, being being on the highway at the same time. I mean, you were you're totally blissed out, seeing <laughs> all all knowledge and all uh, all of infinity. It, it's it's so hard to uh, imagine that kind of uh, that both our bodies and our our souls can be functioning so well but entirely on different planes. I wonder if that I wonder if that's sometimes what's going on, you know, while we sleep, which would be a much less demanding thing for our body's sake. Right. Uh, well, those are, you know, all good questions that are explored 
in, in lots of books and thoughts. I, I don't really have an answer to that. Yes. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're pointing out about the driving, and uh, that is really why I named my book Driving into Infinity, because, you know, he was driving a company truck when he died and went on into infinity. And then I was driving his truck when this experience happened to me. Um, and, you know, it, it, uh, I wonder it, if it's, I wonder if it's possible that while, um, while you were having that, um, psychic experience, whether or not Donnie was driving the truck. I suppose that could be possible. Um, I mean, he, there is evidence that we'll talk about, uh, after this that, that he was able to move things, yes. uh, and, um, photographs and uh, VCR tape and so forth. So, right. so, and we'll get to that in a second, but that means he had some control over the physical world. Right. Um, and that is a good possibility that perhaps while he was showing me this, he had, uh, the ability to do that and ensure that, you know, nothing happened while I was driving. Mm. Um, and from what I've read and even in working with the researcher, Dr. Jan Holden, who, as you know, wrote the afterword chapter in my book. Yes. Uh, you know, this kind of experience while driving is really unusual. Most people don't have their experiences while they're doing something like that. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing I've heard of uh, parallel, that parallels this was a man I know who had a um, a past life experience while driving. He saw he saw himself in an entirely different era, doing entirely different things, and meanwhile he was the car he was driving the car, but he was not at all aware of driving the car or steering or turning or other cars coming at him. He, he just, you know, when he got to his destination, he had this memory of having gone through this entire past life experience. But I have not heard this. Now, Jan, in her after, afterward, which I thought was very interesting, says that she found this to be so unusual because it was a combination of what she called a hybrid shared death experience and an uh, an after-death communication, and uh, and she's right. I agree. I agree with Jan on that. That it's it is a very unusual combination of of two different categories that we that we talk about on the show from time to time. Yes, I, I actually uh, had never heard of like you know a hybrid experience or um, some of the things that she had uh, discussed in that chapter. Um, <clears throat> she obviously brought a lot of in-depth knowledge to, you know, the, this whole scenario and, and to what happened to me. Oh, Jen is so, well, I should say she's the editor of the Journal of Near-Death Studies, which is an IONS uh, publication, as well as being professor of the, at the University of North Texas. So she's quite knowledgeable. Uh, right. I, I wanted to get get on to some of the physical um Events that happened um, after this, you know, 
right. that you took to be communications from Donnie. Yes. Um, so, you know, when I returned home to my life, such as it was at that time, um, I did have a number of, I mean, through the years, I've had a, a number of after-death communications from him, uh, different kinds of outreach. I, I know at my home uh, in Sugar Land, uh, one day as I was walking out of my bedroom, out of the corner of my eye, I saw Donnie standing in my living room, uh, but he, he wasn't looking at me. He was looking <laughs> at the stereo there and seemed to be peering through some of the records or whatever. Um, and it was just an instant that I saw him. Um, but to this moment in time, which is like 35 years later almost, um, you know, I still see him very clearly standing there just as he looked, um, you know, when, when he was alive. That's the only time I saw him like that. And, and I do have to say that that was not too long after, um, you know, he had crossed over. Um, but uh, the rest of the kinds of things that happened um, related to, as you say, some of the physical aspects. For example, my husband and I, uh, we were watching TV one evening and there were some bookcases in there. And all of a sudden from the top bookshelf case, that's where we had a number of our vacation videos and that sort of thing. Uh, but a video just came flying out across the room and more or less landed at our feet. And my husband and I looked at each other in complete, uh, we just couldn't believe what had just happened. And, um, you know, Dr. Holden had asked me if I knew whether or not my brother was actually on that particular video. And unfortunately, I guess we were just so in shock, it didn't even occur to us to think and look, well, what, what video is this? I mean, it could have been any number of things. And, uh, but, you know, it, that was just amazing that that happened. But in a similar uh, fashion, one day I came home from work and in our hallway, we had a built in bookcase that went all the way to the floor. And when I started, um, or came around the corner there, to the hallway, I saw a book that was on up against the opposite wall from the bookcase. And I'm thinking, okay, what is this? You could see where this book had come from. It had come from the very bottommost shelf, which was, you know, even with the carpet there. And you could see where this book had been. It was obvious that this book had apparently flown out across the hall and just dropped up against the opposite wall. And this book was um, kind of just a leftover old volume from an encyclopedia set that my husband had had, I guess, years ago. I don't, I'm not even sure why we had that book. But when I look, picked it up and looked at it, it was uh, the volume that was D through you know, D through E. 
which, of course, my brother's name was Don. Um, And the the other thing that would happen quite often, actually, even until the time we sold that house, but uh, I began to notice that, you know, I'd come home from work and one of the dining room chairs would be pulled out. And, uh, you know, our dining room was not a room we went into all that often. We usually ate elsewhere. And um, this one chair was always pulled out. I asked my husband one day, I said, are you coming in here and doing something in the dining room, leaving this chair? And he looked at me, he says, I don't even know what you're talking about. He said, no. <laughs> I told him what was happening. Uh, but I remembered that... Uh, when my brother had stayed with us for a couple of months one summer, he was doing some intern work there uh, when he uh, was in college. And he and my husband would get in the dining room. <laughs> my husband had a football, electric football set at that time. And they would get in there in the evening, have a drink, start playing this football game, and they'd get all wild and crazy. And, uh, you know, I would come in there and tell them, hey, I'm trying to sleep. You know, we all have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, and then they would laugh and then, you know, say, okay, okay. Uh, mm. But that was always the particular chair he sat in at the, the end of the dining room. And that chair, as I say, it continued off and on to be pulled out uh, up until you know, the time that we sold the house. And, you know, I just understood it was, it was Donnie just letting me know he was looking in on me. Mm-hmm. And um, then, then there was the 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 um, photographs that were sometimes face down and sometimes face up, and how you came to understand that. Yes, well, uh, um, Donnie's best friend had provided to our family a copy of the last photograph, really, that was taken of my brother uh, with his best friend and best friend's um, sister. And so I, that was provided to us in a little cardboard type, uh, you know, frame that it came in. And mm-hmm. I, I had that sitting out. Um, well, then it began that, you know, I would come home and I would find this turned down. And I was thinking, why, why is this happening? I, I tried to make it. You know, I'd close the door and do all kinds of things to see if I could get it to fall over, and it never would. And yet, time and time again, I would come home and find this photo turned down. Mm. And again, you know, I just thought, well, he's just letting me know he's checking in on me that he's around. Um, but eventually, I I was able to ascertain that these photos could actually tell me what was going to happen um, to people in my family. Um, For example, my grandmother, I had, uh, you know, this big picture of both my grandfather and my grandmother. And she had been uh, ill for many years off and on. And when I saw her photo turned down, I knew that the end was near for her. And sure enough, a week later, she died. And I had other incidents like that. Um, The same with my dad. 
uh, I had a, a little picture of him out and the same thing. He, my dad had been ill. Um, you know, we knew he had all kinds of things wrong with him. It was just going to be a question of time. Um, but again, when his photo was turned down, when I came into my office, I knew probably in another week or two he was going to be gone. And that's exactly what happened. So things like that developed out of some of these these things that occurred. Um, I, you know, I, I, I found it interesting. You know, sometimes people say, well, if there is a if a residence is haunted that it's a that it's a being that's somehow stuck in in uh, that particular location for some reason or another but in your in Donnie's case he you and he visited eternity together you you felt all knowledge so he was free he was a free spirit who just chose to come back from time to time is how I I read what you what you've um, told us about it Exactly, and I thank you for pointing that out because I've had one or two people ask me, do you know? Do I think that he's just a ghost here, trapped at this mm. level, uh, still almost like earthbound? And my answer to that is no. I, I don't believe that at all because when I was wishing away. Um, I mean, he already knew about the next level, wherever I was trying to get to, which, you know, yes. and and so he knew, you know, I, I didn't belong there. I, I shouldn't go there because he already knew about that. Um, mm -hmm. I firmly believe that my brother is, in my opinion, a powerful spirit who has chosen to come back. And, uh, and and just show me all these things, all these years. I mean, these things continue to happen. But I will say this, that as the years have gone on and I've been able to integrate these ideas more and more into my life and into, uh, you know, what I believe in terms of spirituality, um you know, uh, well, there aren't, there aren't that, as, as many signs from him. Yes. Well, uh, the evolution that you describe in your own spiritual growth in the book is, is really lovely. Uh, Paula, we are out of time, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but, and, um, but I hope people will look for your book, Driving into Infinity, uh, Living with My Brother's Spirit. And, uh, my thanks to you, Paul Lentz, for sharing your amazing stories of encounters with your brother Donnie. Um, to Thank the you. audience, you're welcome. If, if you'd like to listen to the show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on IANS, check out their website at iands.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.